Hey, welcome back to Radio Free Hospital. It is uh, the week of August the 15th, mid-August as we roll along in this incredible year. I'm Peter Bergman in Los Angeles and up in Whidbey Island is David Osmond. How are you doing, Dave? Hey, Pete. I'm doing fine up here. It's uh, not much of a summer up here, I gotta say, unlike the rest of the nation. (laughs) Yeah, well, down here, it's wonderful. We're having a really, really mild summer. I mean, gray every morning in August, that's a real change. Mm-hmm. Never gets much above, you know, low, high 70s, occasionally a low 80s. But out here on the beach, no, man, it's been just fabuloso. So let's see. Oh, just to start it off, okay, because every once in a while, you get one of these really beauties. Did you hear... Um, uh, Mitt Romney being heckled about corporations. Have you In, caught that? Indeed. I thought the word for the week is corporations are people, my friend. You well, know, that's what I called the everything you know is wrong segment yesterday. Corporations are people too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I love it. You know, there, that's true Mitt. That's the $190 million worth Mitt, right? Who has lived and died by the corporate sword. But you know, he's right. Well, according to the law, corporations are people. Well, yeah, I mean that's that that was the the the, the horrible thing about it was that he he spoke the legal truth when he said that corporations are people. They are taxed as people. They are dealt with somehow in the law uh, as uh, yes as as, sta- as people. <laughs> they stand before the bar of law as a person. You know, even though it's a total fiction. And they come. They come forward as a person. What do you know? Legal, okay. legal, uh, legal fiction. Um, yeah. And yes. do we know what law that's based on? Well, you know, it started back in uh, the 19th century in America, and the reason they put corporations together was to encourage people to uh, pool money to uh, to build canals and roads and railroads, basically, even before railroads, canals and roads. And in those days, and I think it was the um, 1830s, 1840s, something like that, the first Corporation Act, you had to reapply to be rechartered every 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you weren't, if after 10 years your books uh, smelled or I guess, uh, you know, you poisoned a river or, you know, whatever, whatever, they didn't have to recharter you. When I say they, it's a, um, it's a state uh, law. It's not, uh, corporations aren't federal. They're, they're state by state. That's why some, a lot of corporations run to Delaware because Delaware has very loose corporation laws or whatever, you know. So it's, 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 a, it's a state scam, not so, a federal. So, we're, so, so the, the left is not going to be able to pinion uh, Romney with this statement because, in fact, it was true. No, they are pinioning him because he's, it, it may be true in terms of he's speaking the law, but it's such an unpopular truth. And the way he says it, he basically says corporations equal people. Get it? You know, I'm as interested when I talk about the people of the United States, I'm talking about the corporations also. And then did you catch? I got this as a soundbite. I didn't watch the uh the Republican uh, debate. Did you by any chance? I did not watch it, no. Even no, even I, though I was advised to watch it, I did now, not watch it. The highlights are you can easily get on the web. Yeah, no problem. But, but uh, Wallace, uh, who's come under a lot of fire from the right because he actually was asking real questions and he works for Fox, 
Chris Wallace. Yeah. He said he said to Romney something along the lines. I paraphrase it slightly. While you were the, the head of Bain Corporation, right? You bought such and such corporation and laid off a thousand people. And then you bought such and such a company and laid off 2,000 people and shipped jobs overseas. And you're going to run as the jobs president? It was just, it was, you know, it was right on the button, man. Yeah, Fox was, actually got pretty well complimented for their fair and, fair and, and uh, uh, whatever they say, fair and decent, fair and, you know, yeah. pro, uh, uh, programming for this, or at least uh, as far as the, the wrangling of the debate. But none of this makes any difference because today Rick Perry's joined the crowd. All right, let me tell you, before we get into Governor Goodhair, okay, yeah. for a yeah. second, I thought... The most telling moment, and it will be played over and over again before an actual nominee is chosen, just to show where the Democrats, where the Republicans are. Team Obama, this is from a, you know, from a a pundit, could not have asked for a better visual than every single GOP candidate raising their hand, saying they'd refuse to support a debt deal that had a ten-to-one ratio of spending cuts to tax increases. I mean, that, well, they, that, they, they could have said five to one, a hundred to one, to a thousand right. to one. It wouldn't have made any difference. Those people, uh, there's there's one jerk, and the jerk raises everybody's hands. You know, but everybody, Huntsman included, yeah. and, you know, Huntsman knows, of course, that that's crazy economics. He knows that's voodoo. Uh, Michelle Bachman doesn't because God, she she listens, you know, and God says, uh, no, vote no. You know, and I'm sure Perry does the same thing. Oh, yeah. But these these people are these people are nuts, and. As it happens, I don't know if you've seen the latest Gallup poll and the cost poll, but the country is turning rather rapidly away from the Republicans and towards the Democrats. Now, I'm not fooled by the fact that that solves the nation's problems and that's the greatest thing you could ever hear. But considering the the poisonous and dangerous nature of the GOP right now, I consider that to be good news. I do, too. Yeah, I think that people are uh, people in general are kind of wising up uh, not to any specific plan program or even political candidate or party even but they're wising up to the state that they're in and that the state they're in is not improving at all um, yeah, i mean the, the 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 republicans uh shellacked obama in 2010 on the promise to create jobs they said it again and again where are the jobs mr president and and the American public, I should get a pie in the face for speaking for the American public, but I will, I will persevere. Slowly but surely comes to the conclusion that they aren't doing anything to create jobs. And this idea of cutting spending and getting rid of regulations so you can be sent down into the asbestos mines again is their idea of job creation. Just that dog, not only not hunting, it hasn't woken up off a porch. They're they're in they're in deep you know in deep ducko. And <laughs> another, another thing that came out from that uh, poll was that two out of every three people said that they would not vote for a candidate who was endorsed by the Tea Party. Two out of three. I missed that one. Well, what it was actually was like twenty some percent didn't know. Mm-hmm. Forty plus percent said no, and twenty plus percent said yes. So it's two out of three of the ones well, who you know, really I, thought about it. I wouldn't be surprised if that were the um, the the way the nation was going. Now, usually, the the really ridiculous third of the country, you know, 
the the all those guys who wanted peace in 1963, for example, it worked itself up to about a third of the country before we got out. And uh, uh, you know now it's about it's if if it's not a third of the people that are backing the Tea Party, it's down to a fifth of the people. That's 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 a good sign. That's a wake up. That's a wake waking up sign, don't you think? Well, yeah. Well, yes, it is. It, it goes with with the standard um, uh, kook meter. Uh, there was a very wise member of the standard uh, GOP. I'm talking about sane GOP, just people who are Republicans but aren't necessarily demons, who said. There will always. What happened was the Republicans' um, identification and popularity shrank at that point to twenty-one percent. He said there are always that many kooks in this country. There you go. So that that's their kook base. The GOP has a twenty-one percent kook base. The thing that they're worried about is that some of those kooks will will abandon the GOP because they become Tea Party kooks and they can't be wrangled as easily. That's a real problem. Okay. Yeah. If uh, no, if no one. No one is going to vote for taxes uh, or or any sort of income if no one is going to vote for that because for they don't say this of course but it's to not reduce the government to eliminate the federal government to bring the country back to a uh, a republic of states and yeah. let the states do whatever they they uh, can muscularly do. Um, is it? Uh, I just think it's less Balkanization than Middle Eastern, you know, in the way things yes. are falling apart. It is. Is you know, the, the the headline is America becoming the new banana republic. Right. No, by the way, let me say no. Absolutely not. Regardless of whatever this terrible little blip is, we are not seeing the end of the American century. Believe it or not, we're seeing the beginning of the American century, David. Well, I know, um, I know, I know you like to say that, Pete. You're you're uh, you're an upside uh, optimistic kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> And that isn't necessarily an optimistic statement on all levels, okay? But the fact is, is that we totally control space. We have all the satellites. We do all the snooping. We have, we have huge military. We still have the most vibrant economy with the most opportunity. Thank God we have all of the immigrants we've got who are hardworking. I actually think it's, you know, and I'm, I'm quoting George Friedman here the man who runs Stratfor and wrote, wrote a couple of books that I really, really, you know, hearken to. So I'm, I'm taking his line. Mm-hmm. But, but the fact is, is that if, if what we're looking at now is, is not just a, a cyst that we can, you know, operate on, but is actually a cancer, then I could be very, very wrong. It could really, you know, begin, we could be looking at a serious tumble. Um, I'm, I don't know. But, well, oh, by the way, yeah. let me just give you one more idea of the fact that, Another, what the GOP are really showing themselves as is thugs, right? The thuggery is coming forward. And my favorite new GOP thug uh, uh, event, you remember Representative Louis Gohmert? Gohmert is one of these extremely right-wing crazy. <laughs> you got me. Texas. Representative, oh, Texas, okay. Texas, Louis Gohmert. Gohmert, okay. Hear, told a conservative talk show host that having Nancy Pelosi's face on golf balls would put oomph into your game. All right? So, you know, so if you can't throw darts at Osama bin Laden anymore, you're going to go golfing and smacking Nancy Pelosi, which proves once again how effective she is and how much they fear her. Not only because she's a woman, because these are huge misogynists, right? But also because they 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 are respectful of the fact. They fear her because she's really worthy of fear. 
and um, they, they ain't seen the last of Nancy Pelosi. Let me no, no, she's uh, she is really in. She's like. Uh, uh, Mademoiselle Liberté, you know, at yes. the, uh, standing on the barricades, fully no dressed. Uh, you know, no, no passeron, no passeron. <laughs> now, uh, I want to tell you also that the American public is not anywhere near as asleep as we thought they were. A new McClatchy Marist poll finds 68% of American adults believe the worst of the country's economic conditions are yet to come. But 59% still don't blame President Obama for the nation's current economic conditions, and 61% thinks he inherited them. So 60% of the nation understands what's going on, and 68% know it's, that the light at the end of the tunnel is, you know, that ain't a light, man. Yeah, that's that's a yeah, that's a that's a that's a very good figure, and it does um, make one feel a little more confident about the uh, election to come. Um, however, the the it, it it seems to me that the god drivenness of what we're watching in the Republican Party not not the bullying yes these you know I don't mean to to characterize uh, let's see what what kind of character can I you know he used to characterize back in the Nixon era uh, a, a, a real Republican was like a used car dealer. You know, somebody who dealt in fundamentally used American products and, you know, conservative guy because they're selling cars. And those were like the people who uh, were behind Reagan and, you know, in California when it's all about cars. Uh, and real estate. And, and yeah. cars and real estate. And Nixon was in that same place and his advisors. were These, these people now are God-driven, yes, uh, yes, which is, of course, the same thing that we have been seeing on the Muslim side is – God-driven. God told me to do this. God yes. wrote this book, and God told me in this book personally to do this. Um, that that yes. is really fearsome. And when you have uh, two of the major candidates saying that they're running for office because God told them to. You're, uh, you're saying Perry and Bachman. Perry and Bachman, specifically, well, but I think that would probably go to, uh, to Kane as well. I think probably Kane. Yeah, and Santorum, you know, who is Catholicism. Is, yeah, and also, let us not forget, what, who's the other one that has this? Oh, I'll come up with it. Somebody else thinks God is on their side. Oh, Newt Gingrich, the, the new big Catholic, right? Oh, and let's not forget, she's not officially a candidate, but yeah. you're right. God told her to run, absolutely. Well, I God tells not. them what to do on his sort of a daily basis. Yes, yes. And th I, this, is, this is really scary because they are living in a complete fantasy world. Yes. What now, their their daily life is based on a simple untruth. God is not telling them what to do. They have free will and they're doing it themselves. And you know and and, and the the best amongst the the right say unequivocally that you know God is not political. Even Governor Goodhair said that, but he said that standing up in front of thirty thousand people for whom he was praying away America's troubles, flanked by two uh, ayatollahs, one of whom Hagee, remember Hagee, the guy, ooh, the guy that said uh, that the Pope is the Antichrist, and on the other side of him was my favorite. I can't get his name, but he's my favorite new ayatollah. He said that the. Statue of Liberty was the whore of Babylon and had been sent to us by the by the atheistic French to bedevil us. I mean, this is we are getting to a place now where 
I just can't. I can't get enough of this. <laughs> well, you're going to get. You're going to get a lot more, Pete, because we got a long time before the next election rolls around, oh. and and the field. You know, I saw a photo of the. Um, it's a corn poll. It's not the straw poll. It's happening in uh, in Iowa uh, Saturday, but it was yeah. a corn poll. <laughs> oh boy, Iowa! Uh, so they have all these jars, and you can drop a kernel into the oh. jar that reflects your your choice. And there were people. There were like twelve jars. I mean, there were people like whose names I. I didn't recognize it all. The Cotter uh, or somebody like that. I, like yeah, that there was, I mean, there Cotter. were more than more jars than announced candidates. Uh, and yeah. the other thing was that uh, uh, Governor Goodyear, as you call him, his photo in the in the New York Times today, I thought was well picked because he's posed in front of a microphone with his hands clasped in uh, together in prayer. Now that's what I like about Rick Perry. I got to tell you. I mean, there's a lot of things I, that I find absolutely odious, and I will mention a couple of them. But he is an upfront theocrat. He is not the George Bush who uses the buzzwords. You know, oh no, well, George the Bush is no theocrat. Oh, he's no, he's no religious person anyway. I mean, George, no, but, but Perry is an out and out theocrat. Yep. Uh, Bachman is backing away from everything she said about God, trying to move somehow to the center, whatever it is, or won't won't answer it. But Perry, man, hey, here I am, 30,000 people at the Reliant, and we're going to pray away America's, first we'll pray away your homosexuality, and then your economic problems. He's right up front, and there's something refreshing about that, and of course the White House can't wait for him to run. If he gets the nomination, it's going to make the Goldwater run look really powerful, man. Because this country does not like uh, Ayatollahs. I got to tell you, the country as a whole. Now, here's the thing. Rick Perry said the following, and this I find to be the rudest thing that anyone can say. He was Al Gore's campaign manager in Texas when Gore ran for the presidency. Did you know that? No. Yeah. He, yes, he was. He was a Democrat at the time. And so they asked him, well, you've got a, you know, you have a, a totally non-green, you know, record. Okay. He has no green skeletons in his closet, but you worked with Al Gore. How is this possible? He said two things. He said, I, I heard so much talk coming from Al Gore about global warming that I believe most of the carbon dioxide in the world came out of his mouth, <laughs> which is a rude, but that's a rude, <sighs> you know, that's, that's just really rude. I don't mind putting politicians down, but this is a man who worked with him and was his intimate, you know what I mean? That, and the second thing he said is, they said, well, this was at another convention. They said something about, well, you know, you, you work for Al Gore and, uh, you know, he's very big, very big into environmental policy and you've changed. He said, yes. He said, I've changed and I think Al Gore is going to hell. Oh. So this is where this man is at. This is how deeply odious. And how deeply dangerous this man is, who thinks his head of hair is going to get him elected. I know well, it. Well, it may indeed his ability to raise money may, may get him elected, because oh, apparently he does, he's doing better than anybody else, except Romney. Romney, Romney is—do you think Romney has a chance here? Well, I think it's 50-50. There's one part of me that says, yeah, the Republicans at a certain point, unfortunately, the conventions are not run by bosses anymore. If this was a backroom, smoky cigar, yeah, yeah, yeah. shoe in, absolute shoe in, okay? Because he's the, the, the Republicans always let the next in line run. Dewey was the next in line, let him run. Bush, the next in line, you know? Yeah. yeah here we go. 
But no, I don't know. The fact is, is that Romney is is tremendously vulnerable. His personality is such that I can see this man literally coming apart. I think there's a crisis building in his life, and it, he's being he's being beleaguered on all sides by his own party. You know, you don't need the Democrats to do opposition research on him. Everybody else in his own party is doing it. Right. They're dissing him. They keep dissing him. You know what I'm saying? And th- and they keep making him backtrack from the few valuable things he's done. Obamacare was based on Romney's model. You'd think that he could stand up and say, hey, Obama can't even come up with the ideas on his own. But, of course, then he becomes part of the devil's crew. So, no, I think it's I think it's a... It's a 50-50, and I also don't think there's any other Republican candidates waiting in the wings. There are no surprises left. No, was, no, no, no. We're we're out of we're out of surprises. We're looking at the at the candidate and the vice presidential candidate, which is uh, really often part of the mix um, that makes people change their minds. You think so? Really? I, I don't think so. The the the, 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 the statistics on that does not support it. Mainly the the. Vice presidential candidates has almost no effect unless negatively on the campaign. Sarah Palin did take votes away. It's yeah. rare that a vice president picks up votes. It's really true. They, they're, no, they're no, just, I, I meant the other way around. That if yeah. if they if they uh, put Romney in and say Bachman is is vice president or something like that, then yeah. uh, then it's then it may then the same thing may happen. The vice presidential candidate has uh, has the power to uh, take votes away from the presidential candidate. Absolutely. No, no, uh, Spiru Agnew never got a vote <laughs> for Nixon. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, no, and, no one I, even knew how to pronounce his name until he, he had to re- resign. And I don't think Alvin Barkley or Harry Truman or, or George Wallace, not George Wallace, Henry Wallace, any of those people ever helped anybody. Do you remember the name, I'm trying to think of, of Goldwater's vice presidential candidate? It was, he was a general. He was a general. Yes. General Weasel or Whapper or something like that. Anyway, I mean, it's just, it's so hard to believe. It's possible they'll pull their their vice presidential uh, candidate of like uh, Alvinder Shell, like a Rubio or someone like that, and 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 not deal with any of the other garden gnomes that go down to defeat because the garden gnomes have said such nasty things about Romney that if he, if he picks up Polenti or Bachman or these people, they'll just run these things of them saying, you know, ah, oh, he's first, he's he's not a Republican, he's a turncoat, you know, he he's he's Obama light, all this stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, Dave, Dave. Let's just stop for a second. Let me just give you one more juicy story. Oh, right. This just broke. Okay. This right. just in. Uh, email shared with the Indianapolis Star suggests that Indiana State Representative. Philip Hankel, a Republican, responding to a local posting on Craigslist, offered a young man $80 plus a tip to spend time with him Saturday night at a local hotel. Said one email, cannot be a long-time sugar daddy, but can for tonight. Would you be interested in keeping me company for a while tonight? The email sent from Hinkle's publicly listed personal address. 
<laughs> man, man has no subtlety, right? He has, he has, he has no spook in him, right? <laughs> I think it's a great approach, though. I can't, I can't always be a sugar daddy, but for tonight, you can sugar me once, daddy. It'll cost me sixty bucks. Oh, Plus man. a big tip. I mean, let's go. Plus a big tip. Yeah. Email sent from Eagles publicly listed personal address. Ask the young man for a quote, a couple of hours of your time tonight, unquote, and offer him cash up front with a tip of up to fifty or sixty dollars for quote a really good time. Hmm. According to the Evansville Courier and Press, Hinkle voted earlier this year for a constitutional gay marriage ban, and his official bio says he's married with two children. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> another one down. Another one down. And, and, and like I've said before, I feel for him. He's homosexual, okay, yeah. or bisexual, and he's had to go and deny himself and rail against all his other fellow bisexuals and homosexuals, and it brings him to the point where he gets, he's totally reckless. I mean, I don't think what he's doing is wrong, per se. It's political suicide. Yeah, yeah it seems to be. If you, you, you can't even say hello to somebody you don't know if you're in politics these days, I mean, let alone send them a picture of your underwear. Well, that's that's the Democrat, uh, the Wiener man. Oh yeah, that's, no, it's, it's, this is not this is party free. <laughs> this, yeah, this this problem is party free. It's uh, it's these enormous reservoirs of guilt, uh, uh, closeted guilt. Yeah, I know, and it's well. The Republicans just lost another seat. Now they may replace him with another Republican. It is Indiana, which is a fairly red state. Yeah. <laughs> the fact is, this guy is gone. Okay, and then we lost Wu in Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> for dressing up in crazy suits and sending weird messages to to women. And who, and who is who was the one that was? Oh, who was the guy that offered the um, the uh, cocktail waitress to to live in his condo? That just came up a couple days ago. Oh, I missed that and, one. And, and he said, "Well, I'm," uh, and, he, and she said he was a regular customer when she was in this strip bar. And his response was, "Well, I like many of us. I, I'm sorry for some of the places I've visited, but the rest of this woman's story is bizarre." No, he probably did invite her to live in his condo. Another John gone down, David. Yeah, another one down. Another one down. Well, that's uh, and it doesn't matter what party it is. The the the, the good thing, and, and you're right. There's no blame here. the The good thing is that they're out. They're out. they're they're out, and they have to deal with being out, whether it's being out as a gay man or whether it's being out as somebody who cannot control his sexual urges. Um and 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 they spill over into the public. I mean, you can't do anything like that these days. You can't do anything in the electronic digital world. Everything is saved up. There's a big cloud of everything you've done wrong hovering over you, and it ain't God. It's the internet. Oh, well, look, David. You can set up an account on Hotmail or Gmail or Yahoo Mail. You know, one one seven zero four JJL four four at Yahoo. Okay. Yeah. Then go to an internet cafe and 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 proposition the young man, and you will not get caught electronically. Okay. That's what you'd do if you had any spook in you at all. But no, <laughs> he uses his his public email. <laughs> And, and goes to a guy that's public on Craigslist. He's hooking off a Craigslist, you know? Anyway, Dave, we got to stop for a second because, you know, uh, we have our sponsor. You know, this is the 
this is the, this is the point of the show when we have the most people listening. So. Oh yeah, this is also the American way, Pete. Yeah, then, yeah. So here's another fine message from Crud Light. We all know there's a special kind of woman who likes the smell of Crud Light on a real man's breath, but some fillies want a little more. That's why we're introducing Crud Light Smoky Slim. It's got the same denatured natural taste of Crud Light with a hint of stale ciggies and almost digested Slim Jims. Now you've got the breath that'll turn on that blonde with the bottle slumped next to you at the bar. Give her a poke and party on, partner, till the Crud Light runs out or your liver shuts down. Crud Light is an unregulated dye product of Alzheimer's Brewery, Rehab, Colorado. Uh, you know, Dave, I don't know if you've had a, um, a Crud Light Smoky Jim. Uh, I'm part of the test market, so I've already tried it, and it does work. It gives you that full bar breath. Mm, full, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah since I, 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 don't know if, I, I don't know which bar I, I would like to Go in with that breath, though. Uh, not one of the local Whidbey Island bars. Um, oh, don't be so elitist. Jump on up to Oak Harbor. There, there we places. go. Oak Harbor. I knew you'd solve this. Up there with the Navy. Yeah. Well, well yeah, Smokey the, Jim, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's out there, and I think people should be able to get drunk on anything they want to, you know, yeah. uh, no matter how disgusting. And, and, um, and uh, where's Mr. Uh, Heimer's uh, uh, brewery located? Rehab, Colorado. Rehab, Colorado. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful country out there. It certainly is, particularly seen through a barred window. <laughs> seen okay. through the bottom of your bottle. <laughs> yeah. Looking up through a bottle darkly, right? Well, Pete, we talked about all of these, uh, we ta- talked about the politics, but uh, the big, big, the big thing last week was the stock market going up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. Uh, and of course, it was meaningless because it ended up what down two percent from eight percent, or you know, uh, once again, how many Americans really are heavily invested in the stock market news on a daily basis? Well, when when it loses three to four percent and goes up two percent, they are glued to it because they know that, for example, pension funds lost billions. Of this course, week. billions. Now, here's the thing. According to Wall Street theory, and it's fairly more economic theory, stock theory, one of the things you got to look at is the volatility index. Now, you know, in biology, they say that the sign of steady life is little volatility inside the cells, inside the system. Once it starts whapping, you know, to the left and the right and the left and the right and gets out of, out of sync is when things begin to die. And on the stock market, one of the things they worry about the most is volatility. These up and downs are, are scares the hell out of everybody. It means nobody knows what's going on, okay? It's Gee, nobody being- knows what's going on in Las Vegas either. I mean, I'm sorry. I know there's like billions of dollars that are invested that are, is really important, like, like uh, retirement funds and that kind of thing. But on the other hand, when I see a picture of a guy on, uh, in the stock market, in, uh, you know, at the New York stock market, going, because yeah. he's suffering yeah. with this ups and downs stuff, I say, uh-huh. get, a, get a real job, a-hole. Come on. This is not work for real people. This is just gambling. Now, if you want to run a company, if you want to run a company, 
That's something different. And look at the well-run companies out there. Their stock is not dropping, right? Did uh, did Apple? What, what did Apple lose during last week? Not much. And not I don't much. think I don't think Google lost a penny to no, speak of. Google, no, Google. No, they they did okay. These and are the, the these big- are the corporate these are the these are the corporate giants of the country that have nothing to do with making automobiles or parts for automobiles or batteries for automobiles. That was the weird thing in the middle of the week. The president shows up somewhere in Michigan at some yeah. battery factory and said, "This is going to do. This is uh, uh, jobs. This is all all about jobs." Hey, sorry, I don't know anything about batteries. I don't live in. Michigan, and I wouldn't work at that factory anyway. No, no, no. Oh, I don't, What's missing no. here, Mr. President, is the is federal, state, government support of the arts. Sorry and, about that, because education. there's millions of people. The, oh, uh, education? That's the arts. Okay. The, uh, yeah. That is one of the arts, is education. That's They're bundled, you see, because if you get rid of the arts, then you come down to just people who either want to uh, uh, learn enough economics to manipulate the stock market and make billions of dollars, or what? I mean, or, or, or what's their next move to be? Uh, well, David, I've always said that if you don't produce anything in your job, i.e., if all you do is arbitrage, mm. uh, you know, uh, currency rates, and all you do the average the average duration of an in and out trade in the stock market today is two point two seconds. That's not investing. That's not the wisdom. That's not the wise men. You know, putting money in the right place so the jobs may grow. It's got nothing to do with production. It's got nothing to do with the Commonwealth. It is rampant speculation. And I believe that all speculative profits should be taxed at at least 95%. And if you want to. And and the, um, the operation of the trade should be taxed. Well, yes, absolutely. And, and that's, that's the world is getting closer to that. That's not just uh, American thinking or my thinking here. That's uh, no, seems and, to be. And, and, and also, I believe that you, the tax should go up the more highly leveraged the operation. If you're leveraging, if you run a hedge fund and you can make money on your little arbitrage only by hugely leveraging the buy at 40 to 1, then you've got to be taxed at 40 to 1. Unlike somebody who buys a stock without leverage, you know, that's an investment. Oh, uh, the European, um, uh, I don't know what was the European bank, who was the authority, they stopped all short selling this week in, yes. in Europe. Yes. How about that? Which means you could only buy, you can't bet against the market. That's weird too, though, David. That is weird because short selling that's legitimate is like buying options and such because you think, oh, my golly, I've got to buy an insurance policy against the possible downtrend in, the, in my industry. You know, it's legitimate. But yeah, right? It's, it's legitimate, just- but it's, it's, it is reserved for like three people. Come exactly. on. I, don't have, I, I can't hedge against my getting a job next week. I don't have. No, I can't it, buy insurance that that guarantees me an income if I'm not hired by somebody. I mean, that's no, crazy. Of course it is. Of course it's crazy. Look, we, we uh, before we before we go cardiovascular. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let, let's 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 turn to Western heroes. Oh, good. One of our favorite in-house bands, Dave Maloney on drums. Ba-dum, boom. And let's 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 listen to the uh, the stars are crying. Okay. Every now and then it's 
good news for you. I know it's been difficult to find life when one searches Washington, D.C. and various other areas of rampant stupidity. But here's some good news. All right. The 42 radio telescopic array on Mountain View, the the SETI, the one looking for extraterrestrial life that was closed down because we took money away from NASA and everybody else, is back up because they got private funding of $2.5 million, which will keep them going until the end of the year, okay? Uh-huh. So they're, they're back on. That's good work. They have a staff of, uh, I think they have a staff of 10. That's good work. That's productive. I believe search. They also do work, though, uh, not only that, but they look at black holes, magnetics, all sorts of stuff. But they're out there, and they're really interested in these new what they call exoplanets, Planets way out there, okay? Who, you know, if you had to wait for their votes, it would be like Lincoln <laughs> waiting to find out what happened in Ohio. Imagine that. Imagine if it was one, one um, uh, uh, ascension being one vote, and it was... <laughs> no wonder there was Star Wars. Everybody said, wow, I can't wait till a vote comes in. Let's attack. 
Exactly. Imagine if sitting there saying, well, it's going to be about a light year and a half. Imagine <laughs> the television show. We're going to be here for this light year and a half waiting for these things to come in. Oh, here comes some votes from Centauri 47. Okay. Well, oh, you, 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 know, you know me like any good kid grown up in the 50s. The space, uh, space was what it was all about and other planets. And uh, uh, I, I think, as I've said before, on this show, you know, the, that's the great thing that America did, through, and it through, partly through its uh, uh, military policy of, uh, and yep. military monies, of course, was to uh, start this amazing exploration of the universe. Have you heard one Republican candidate mention space exploration? No. No. No, no. Most the of only them are thing the least it, interested in it. No, not at all. They are they are completely terrestrial, except for God. And you yeah. don't want to send a rocket out there because it might hit God. I guess. I mean, I don't know. No, 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 no. These people believe God's a lot closer to Earth than we think. Now okay. that I think about it, they don't think about him as being infinite light years away. He's in their head. He's that close. Mm. He's watching everybody. He's like sitting in some place with all the television sets available. He gets all the channels. He's listening, and he's unhappy. That's how he's always been that. unhappy. That God yeah. has always, always been, been unhappy. He's he, Back thousands of years ago, he would blow up small towns just because he was pissed at them. You know? There weren't any yeah. big towns in those days. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, that God is always unhappy. And if you're stuck with an unhappy God, yes, uh, then uh, it's a more, more, more pity on you because God is, in fact, very happy. His love is unconditional. Uh, I mean, what can be happier than giving your love unconditionally? God um, is, the, is the ultimate parent. It's a lot of responsibility, yeah, you can, you can have some hard times, but generally you're not sitting there weeping over the fact that somebody is 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 is, is in favor of using you know stem cells from old fetuses to, to solve um, health problems. That doesn't make God weep. I don't think so, at least. Oh, these people. Okay, trolling the woe. Trolling right? the woe. Yes, uh, I've got I've got good news, Dave. <laughs> And I've got bad news. We'll start with the bad news, okay? The financially strapped U.S. Postal Service is proposing to cut its workforce by, get ready, 20% Mm. and to withdraw from the federal health and retirement plans because it believes it could provide benefits at a lower cost. Now, if if you wanted to define uh, cradle-to-grave jobs, I think the post office qualifies. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If you went, if you chose when you got out of college or high school or whatever to go into the post office, you knew that twenty years from then or thirty, whatever you chose, you were going to be pensioned and you were going to be retired, and you could probably get another job. Right? That was the deal. Yep. And no. a lot of a lot of artists have chosen the post uh, the postal service Abs- over the Abs- years because it is just what it is. It isn't anything else. That's right. You know exactly what's expected of you, and, uh, you know, it's what it is. Well, do you know why they want to cut 20% and and, and take away good federal benefits? Because they're running at a yearly, get this, a yearly uh, deficit of $2.5 billion. That is a week and two days 
in Afghanistan. Yeah, chump if change. We, if we stopped Afghanistan for nine days, we could keep the post office from laying off 20% of their, of their personnel. Now, I, I asked the, the postmaster, postmistress, actually <clears throat> she is, in, uh, in Freeland, at the Freeland post office. Every place has a post office, thank God, and every place should have a post office, and we have a very nice one. Uh, built many years ago, not improved upon. Um, but I asked our postmistress, I said, okay, I, I could do without Saturday mail, okay? I can do without getting my mail on Saturday. How, how much yeah. would that save? And she said, well, unfortunately, we would have to fire all of our uh, uh, Saturday postal carriers, most of whom are vets. Oh, my. Because it's a, it's a part-time job. And okay. most uh, most Saturday deliveries are by veterans. And I said, "Oh, well, I guess that isn't such a great idea then either, is it?" No. You know, uh, the David, you the- don't want to fire you don't, you don't want to fire vets or hook on Craigslist if you want any sort of a political life. <laughs> well, that's the the vets have got to, they've, they've got to turn that around. Then, if that is uh, in fact a true fact, then uh, then there should be some veteran uprising. Um, I think they're supposed to take them off a the post office benefits and put them on the federal employee benefits. Isn't that the case? Oh, let, no, let me go here again. I'm not we, quite uh, sure what the difference is between the two. No, they want to withdraw from the federal health and retirement plans and go into. They say they could provide benefits at a lower cost. That's a frightening thought, then. Since you join the damn post office, which will never make you rich, is that your pension is federal and your health plans are federally backed, right? It, it, imagine if the, the, if the Army woke up tomorrow and said, ladies and gentlemen, we want to take the entire military service off, of, off the military uh, pension and health plan because we think we can do a better job. You know, it would, it would cause great consternation. Yes. To be, yeah, to well, I think every – it doesn't – Every American use the post office. I mean, it isn't like it's only a third of us or something. Or oh, David, we get the mail every day. Everybody gets the mail, don't they? Yeah, but you see, David, because of the internet, well, the, the the volume of mail has dropped. Well, of twenty percent. Of course, the volume of mail has dropped, and the volume of packages have dropped because of all of the package services. Although I think the the, the post but office tried to undercut them. That's uh, true. UPS is doing fine, by the way. It's doing just fine because Amazon isn't using the, the post office. They're using UPS. You know what I mean? Netflix no, no. is using the post office, though. Well, there you there's, go. There's, there's um, a lot of Netflix going around the country every day. But still, down 20%, which means their revenues are seriously down. But that doesn't mean it isn't the key. I think that the way to, to solve the problem is to charge more for junk mail. Okay, that puts some money in their pockets. Well, Charge is, more for junk mail. It's completely revolutionary. Why? My goodness, I, I, I've, I, I, I never heard of that since the fifties. <laughs> They've been talking about it. charging more for junk mail since, since I can remember hearing anything about the post office, and that's when the, you know an airmail letter was seven cents. So, uh, yeah, of course they could charge more for, uh, and how much of it is thrown away instantly? Uh, instantly, all of, my time, all of I, it. I, you know, when I was living in Whidbey, right, go to the post office to get the stuff, there's this big trash barrel with a nice little stand. You go through your mail, and you dump all the junk mail into the trash basket. You, yeah, know, just why, why, you know, if you if you don't and you're, you're a good person, then you have to take it home and you have to recycle it. 
But but it's the same thing. That that, that trash bag basket is recycled. recycled. Yes, it's the right problem there. Is, it's not just wood pulp. It's got all of that toxic ink on it. It doesn't recycle that easily. It's in a, it's absorbed with you know with toxic based inks. So it's it's oh, all right. Well, so good news. I promised you good news. Good news. Right. Okay. And it's fabulous news. Okay, and it shows you how much alpha omega there is going on in this country. All right. Uh, researchers at the University of Pennsylvania have successfully been able to take blood out of a patient and put into that. These are patients with lymphocytic leukemia. Okay. Take their blood, uh, genetically engineer a molecule that um, uh, um, attaches itself to the cancer cell and then yells out in a loud voice, T cells come and kill me. All right. That's what it does. (laughs) <laughs> they put the blood. They put the blood back in. They worked on three patients. Two of them went into instant remission. The, the third did, but came back. Hmm. Not only are they in remission, but this, these these warrior molecules remain dormant in the system. So if cancer comes back, bang off they go again. It's fabulous. Okay. On the one hand, we have all these doofuses in the beltway and all these greedy people trying to bring a, a perfectly decent system down, which is medieval. And here you have this high science, this curing yeah. science. Yeah, right? which is probably supported by uh, government money. Well, it's University of Pennsylvania. That certainly has government money. And, and the guy that, that discovered the molecule, created the molecule originally was at Harvard, and they get tons of money, and they should, Right. So, yeah. And the other thing, David, is that just unlike the people who spend their time arbitraging currency rates, right? And by the way, those pictures of the people in Wall Street, ah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Staff, the next day there's pictures of the same guys, those blue, blue coats, smiling because the Dow is up. It's as if it really, you know, as if it was really important to them, as if they wouldn't have their job. So, the thing about it's this as if is, it's their family somehow. Yes, it's as if they yes. live with the Dow Jones average, you know. Well, the fact is, the fact is, is that uh, this this curing requires people to spend vast amounts of time in uh, in laboratories. It's really giving work, you know. It's not easy, and they don't make a fortune at all, you know. And and they're doing such wonderful stuff, and they get paid like. They don't get paid like lawyers get paid or movie stars or, or baseball players or, 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 you know, hedge fund kings. What about, it's fakat. What about, um, what about uh, coaches of college sports teams? That make more than any professor? Yeah, and make more than anybody else in the government, uh, uh, you know, of, of the state of Washington are the two guys who run, uh, run sports teams, like 1.7 million or something like that. You change it. Absolutely. Don't let, don't let a coach get uh, but they more were than very, the highest Ah, they were very careful to say that this wasn't government money. This wasn't the people's money. These were somehow they raised this amount of money uh, for these people to run uh, football teams. It's uh, still corrupt. Well, and is it corrupt? It corrupt? It, yeah, yes, it's it, corrupt. And it, and it corrupts the college. Any college that, that does this kind of high and it corrupts the students. 
Yes, and, and, and it depresses the faculty because they have to pass these bozos along. Nice people, but they're not prepared for college, and they don't like it either. Yeah, okay? and there are a lot of people who are prepared for college, who are ready to go to college, that I've met recently as I'm sort of in, the, in that age range with a lot of, uh, a lot of kids these days, and uh, they might be completely smart. I'm talking about lakeside students, you know. You can't get out of lakeside school without being pretty smart. And there are a lot of those kids who are on um, uh, one or another sports uh, scholarship. Yeah. And, well, that's good for them, and that's good, but can't, couldn't, couldn't we find scholarships just for smart, just, you know? Just for you know, I, intellectual I abilities, you know, for writing a good poem, let's say, uh, you give, know, give give sports scholarships to schools that teach sports. <laughs> if you got a school called School for Sports, give sports scholarships. Well, if there are, are a lot of those. There's schools to sports and parties. There's a few of those around the country. Well, then separate them out from the university. Yeah. You got the University of Texas, and then you got the and then you got the the, the, the Texas Party and Sports School. Fine, okay. <laughs> and you can get a party scholarship. Yeah. Dave, let's go tang. I think we're at the end of oh, our. Oh God, our I, I I rushed over here so quickly, Pete, that I have to say I don't have I don't have a damn tang. Here no, today. but do you have one of your own poems? No, that I came out of the house. I came out of the house because uh, I was late getting to the studio today. Came out of the house without anything. But I'll tell you what I'm. Tell you what I'll do. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll be I'll be better prepared for next week. And if I can get up there on the Oz site, why I'll provide something new for folks to read. So what we've learned from your your dilemma is rush from house, lose poetry. That's right. right? That's right. right, and it wasn't until I parked, parked here at the studio that I thought, oh, didn't bring my bag, didn't bring my bag, and had my poems in it. But uh, I think, you know, we've been doing this long enough that uh, our dear friends out there who listen in regularly, and there are a lot of them because we get, you know, we're getting, we're getting numbers. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, and uh, I, I got to say, I, I thank all these people for listening every week. And or listening every two weeks or whenever it is they download or they listen, listen every the day. We have we have a steady twelve to fifteen hundred people a day downloading us every day. Well, thanks, well, folks. That's all yeah, I can thanks. say is thanks, folks. And uh, uh, we'll don't be forget here. to contribute. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Press that button, and we'll see you next week. We can't promise that we won't be giving you more cred light cred light ads because they do pay the way. But we need your money too. Want to thank you, Dave. I want to thank you, Dave Maloney at uh, Blue U Studios, who's doing all the recording. I want to thank Chaz Glass, our forensic accountant. Scotty Wilde, who's doing just a wonderful job. We're, we're resetting the whole look of Oz. There's some new news coming. And Phil Fountain, who is a genius. And Tom Gedwillow, who beautifully webmasters our site. I want to thank you all for, for being part of the Oz team and making this happen. I'm your co-host, Peter Bergman. And we will see you next week reminding you we're all going to get through this together. Are we all posers on this bus? I certainly am, Hong Kong. <laughs>